Welcome to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White, the real dragon slayer, author and entrepreneur sales coach. Tune in weekly for human conversation about business and sales. Enjoy business expert interviews, educational episodes, and virtual cuppers with entrepreneur business owners. So grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy. Here is your host, Jules White. So welcome everybody to the human conversation. And I always say this about every guest that I have on the show because my guests are fabulous. Um, But this lady, this lady's pretty special. Um, And I think we've made a connection like um, that you don't always make this type of connection with people in all honesty. But we're going to tell you more as we have our human conversation and you're going to see how many things we have in common, how many ways we are aligned. It's really something. But let me just tell you who she is so that I'm not keeping you all in suspense. So this lady's called Trisha Lewis. Now, uh, I said to Trisha, you know, how shall I announce you, Trisha? Because that's what we do, isn't it? Um, And she said, well, she said, you can say that I'm a communication coach, but then there's a story behind it. Why was I not surprised about that, Trisha? Welcome to the Human Conversation. Oh, Jules, that's great. You've got everybody intrigued already. (laughs) Well, it's an absolute pleasure to be here, Jules. Well, it's lovely to have you on my show. And we have to share with the listeners and the viewers, if anyone is going to watch our YouTube video, um, we have to share, we've already done a podcast together. So I've actually already been on Trisha's fabulous podcast, which is called Make It Real. So there's, there's the first thing you need to do is go and look that up. Um, especially our episode because obviously it was a fabulous one Um, but I did say to her you do know that I'm in charge this time because this is my podcast (laughs) so we've had a laugh around that already (laughs) but um yeah I'm I'm deep breathing deep breathing I'll be okay (laughs) (laughs) just hold on hold on somewhere Trisha So Trisha is based down in beautiful Bournemouth. Here's our first connection. I was born in Bournemouth and I know Trisha knows this. So Trisha, whereabouts exactly are you in Bournemouth? I don't need your whole address, obviously, but what part of Bournemouth (laughs) are you in? I'm actually pretty smug about the part that I'm in because we moved here about four years ago and ever ever since this particular area has just got more and more brilliant um I don't take complete you know credit for that but it's an area um it's called Southbourne and it's pretty near the sea um so it's it's in between you've got Christchurch down sort of down the hill you've got Hengsbury Head which is the most glorious nature place um, about a 10 minute drive away if that and the cliff top just down the bottom of my road and then you've got this just this really nice little high street which actually has things like quite old-fashioned shops in it as well as really funky cafes so boy, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. It's yeah. just 
we've landed. Yeah. I'm, I'm very jealous. Um, obviously, as I said, I was born in Bournemouth, but we moved away when I was probably only about two, three months old. So I genuinely did not have a life in Bournemouth. But mum and dad moved back when I was um, an adult. And so I would come down every couple of weeks, every three weeks and visit Bournemouth. So Bournemouth always felt like home. You know, it was like coming home and I loved the sea. So I was born in Boscombe, but obviously that's um, now a block of flats, apparently. I think they knocked the hospital down where I was born. So that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> well, that's, and that would be where my first son was born. Wow, so there's another connection yeah. for us. And, yeah. I, and, and I remember it vividly because there were cockroaches in the loose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice place, obviously, nice place. It but was then kind I... of due to be, you know, maybe not a hospital anymore. <laughs> yeah, <but> yeah. <laughs> it was due yeah. to be flats, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but then we, we were definitely living at, I'll tell you the names because I remember them, High Cliff, um, mm. Friars Cliff. Um, and then obviously I had... Um, uh, and my mum's best friend was in Christchurch, so we would come more recently to Christchurch, which is beautiful. But here's the thing. Do you know Browning Avenue? Oh, that is like so close. Yeah, yeah, re really close. I could, I could pop on my bicycle and be there in five minutes. Okay, so my dad had a house in Browning Avenue. Wow. That's where he lived. Um, and it was a really beautiful house and he left it yeah. and it was, it was quite worth a lot of money um, and he left it all to run away with my mum. So there's a little bit of a love story for you. Oh, that's so <laughs> cute. That yeah, nice, nice houses. Yeah, oh wow, that's brilliant. Of course, I'm not born with born and bred, Jules. I'm, um, I'm you know, I, I think I've got credentials. I've been here quite a while, um, but I grew up in... Guildford in Surrey so oh, nice. um that was that was my early years well until I left home and then I did London and then I did and then I landed in Bournemouth by complete random life adventures um and then and then ended up in Swanage which is kind of almost like being on an island yeah. um you know if anyone knows it a lot of people go there for school field trips and they know it from their youth so Swanage a seaside town you go across there on the little ferry although you can go the, the land anyway I lived there for then I didn't had no intention of staying um but life happened and I spent 14 years there before <laughs> before escaping now that's mean it was lovely but it was small you know kind of and uh and then came back to Bournemouth. So I've, I've had various sort of reincarnations in this Bournemouth world, yeah. It's funny how it pulls you back. It's one of those places, I guess, isn't it? Okay, so listen, I wanna talk about your, your journey and I wanna dig deep into the secrets and all the kind of fabulous things about Tricia. Um, now you talked about the communication coach bit. Let's just cover this because there's a story behind this. So tell us more, Tricia. Well, I think the the very fact that I find it so hard to answer the question, how shall I introduce you? <laughs> it's like I know a lot of people out there who, uh, including clients who come to me, who say, oh, you know, I say to them, well, what, what do you do? Like we're role playing a networking thing, you know, so we're just kind of getting into the swing of that. So what do you do? 
and they just go into complete frozen mode, aghast with their mouth open, as if I have really asked them to sort of recite the whole of Shakespeare off by heart. But, you know, it just is a very difficult thing to encapsulate something where there's all sorts of stuff going on into one or two words. And that's, that's been my lovely challenge for about three years, because it was about three years ago, almost to the day, actually, that I decided to set this coaching business up and and communication was definitely what it was going to be about because that was my thing that was everything I'd done before it was my academic underpinning it was kind of people 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 um and it was going to be a kind of coaching um so you put the two words together and you're a communication coach and then I just struggled with it every time it came out of my mouth because I thought people don't really, I don't think really people know what communication is. And that sounds really silly, but it's, there's so much to it. And, you know, when I, I did a degree in communication, people used to say, oh, well, you know how to talk then, Trisha. Oh, that was <laughs> like a joke. Um, I thought, well, yes, I've just spent three years just learning how to talk. No, you know, there's so many layers and it's, it's psychology and it's, um, it's everything. And, mm my other thing was that I'd been an actor or still am an actor for you know best part of 20 years and so then people assume that you're just going to be doing presentation coaching because they put two and two together okay actor right I think well I'm happy to do that but that that isn't the whole story either Um, and then you've lost them because I think well I don't really know what you do then Tricia and I'm thinking yeah well it's because I you would know if you come and sit with me and we do it but (laughs) it's like you talk about Jules it's it's all this human stuff and you know trying to put that into a little catchy phrase is so difficult so yeah I basically tend to work one-to-one and it's people who either just want to get more confident about the general way that they communicate they might specifically want to work on something like doing a video for their website or a um but i I'm not not in the techie way but in the actual kind of relating through the camera way um they might want to work on a presentation they might just want to work on a challenging conversation with people in their team at work it, it could be any of those things and yeah. so it's real kind of inside out multi-layered wonderful human stuff and all i can say is that whatever i do works i can tell you that but don't ask me for a, for a beautiful clear succinct description well i i reckon like i feel like that's a bit of a challenge now i need to start thinking about coming up with something that you can think about in terms of that but It's a really interesting thing that I saw on your website. There was a video which you'd done, and I think it was just over a minute. It was a really fantastic video. Um, So obviously, I'm going to put all the links onto this podcast so people can follow you and find you. But it was a great video because it talked about this very thing. So it talked about the fact that actually your background is this, this actor background that's what you've done for many years and that's where you've actually learned to be true you okay so on your website you say let me give you the key to you land and I had to write it down because I just loved it so much and and the the things you talked about were being present in the moment 
you know, and, and love, loss, laughter and tears. And in fact, that was how your journey of life through life was. And that's where you've learned to be just you, you know, that's why we connect Trisha. Mm. But actually out of all of that, that video beautifully talks about the fact that this is so connected to business, you know, that the whole actor thing is connected yeah beautifully to business T tell us a bit more let's talk a bit more around that because I found that really interesting well it, it is interesting and I mean to be fair places like Radar uh, <laughs> Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts do have an entire business you know division if you like so so with corporate stuff and all the rest of it so yes yeah, so it's not um so all I'm saying is why go to London when you can come here? Um, yeah. But yeah, it's basically because there are so many transferable skills. So uh, the, uh, I'm reading, I'm listening to a book actually at the moment called Mastery by Robert Greene. I also have his book called The Laws of Human Nature. And it's, you'd love it because it's human stuff. And Basically, in this book, Mastery, he talks about intuition. And you and I would probably say, you know, the way we work with clients and everything is there's a lot of intuitive stuff going on. But what he's saying is that that, that isn't a sort of magic thing. That's because you've, you've mastered something. You've been for many, 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 many years kind of taking stuff in and working on it and experimenting and, and you just that's what makes you ultimately be able to sit there and spot things and observe things and, and try things out. So those years of working with, um, you know, from working my way up from being a kid in a sort of production at school to um, Amdram for many years through to doing my own um, tours of one woman shows and all sorts. And then working with some really interesting directors and, it's every there's no sort of what can I say there's no kind of um pecking order in a way as an actor you always go back to basic square one stuff every time you start you're all there with, with no kind of airs and graces all approaching something raw and then working on all these layers in order to get to this place where you ultimately are able to engage an audience in a way that you pull them in um, and they don't and they forget the fact you're acting and that is no easy task but it's that that, that the peeling away of layers I think that that you know we all need to do in order to get to that real golden kind of connective conversation and and engagement and it's and when you realise, when you look back over the years and think how many times you've been doing that as you've been working on these various roles. And then also I was doing, I was on a sort of speaker circuit, if you like, where it was more entertaining and interactive stuff I was doing. I even did cabaret and all sorts of stuff. So with that, it really was direct I need to engage that audience. You know, I, I, they've, I've got to pull them into this and, and make it work for them. And so I think a lot of people might think actors are quite, you know, egomaniacs and they like to get up on a stage and it's all about them. But it, that is so wrong. Not good actors anyway. That is so wrong because it's 
it is actually all about the part you're playing and the bringing in of of that audience and the people around you and so it's it actually gets you completely out of your head and that as you know is kind of where we need to be if we're going to be present and connect yeah so yeah totally. that's just a fraction of the stuff i mean obviously you've got all the obvious um you know the voice projection or being able to use your voice well um that doesn't mean shout or be like blind bless but you know just to be able to use it and tone and pitch and breathing and all of course all of those things come into it but I think more than anything it is that it is that pulling away of layers to find the story to find the character to connect with it and then to have all that connected in a way that connects to that audience it's 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 quite special really I think it is special and I think if we if we simplify that into the kind of the business and the life role that we take when Mm. you and I talk about that real authenticity and really truly being you you know your you-ness your you-land you call it which I love um I think part of that is similar in that you've got to peel back all of those layers and masks that you think everyone else wants to see because of yeah. course that's the thing for me we always think everyone wants to see these different things but actually what they really want is they want to see the real you mm-hmm. um, and so that the skill is almost just um, almost surrendering I think is probably a good word mm-hmm. saying well actually do you know what I'm just gonna be me I'm gonna I'll know because it will feel right yeah. it will feel like a relief actually yeah, if I'm not being real me um you know and I can I can sort of see this now maybe it's because I'm older and wiser and I've been through an awful lot of this stuff where I've worn masks and I've tried to be who I thought people wanted me to be as I'm sure you have Tricia um but I think it's ultimately so much more simple than we realize in terms of that surrendering to say this is who I am and embracing it and feeling proud that this is who you are as a person. Um, and as I talk about the UHP, you know, this is the one thing that makes you special in the whole world is that you're you, because there's no one else like you in the world. I think, the, I, li- I like the, the relief. It is a relief, because I mean, the things that I was, inc- I was unbearably self-conscious as I was growing up, um, I was described as shy, but I've done a lot of unwrapping of that and realised <laughs> that actually, do you know what? And this might resonate with some listeners because this took me a while to click. I actually think I absolutely wasn't technically shy. What I was was um, a non-shy, quite feisty, outward-going, showy-offy kind of person Um it's locked inside something and therefore creating this really obsessively self-conscious feeling, which of course looked as if I was shy and felt as if I was shy. But I kind of gradually have unwrapped it and realized, uh, no, no, I just wasn't being me. And, um, you know, I could, I could go on, you know, about being a product of the 50s and all that malarkey and, and the way I was brought up, which was all very lovely, but not very releasing of me. And, and so that took me a long time to figure out. And I, I remember actually really quite recently having this experience 
really just a few years ago where I was, I mentioned being on like the speaker circuit and it often involved me sitting down and having dinner before or after doing um, a talk. And I would love doing the talk. I had no problem at all. It seemed to be my, my home always getting up there and doing my thing and, you know, whether it was making people laugh or whatever, but that was great. But I dreaded the meal bit or the socializing bit. I obviously was lovely and I was nice and I did all the right things, but that was the bit that really exhausted me and I didn't look forward to. And then one day I just thought that you've got to, this isn't working because you're doing this a lot and you're not enjoying this bit and that's stupid. So I thought, well, just go for it. So all I did was I just, like you said, I surrendered to just kind of taking a breath and just being me. And what I really did was ask lots of questions so that they were doing most of the talking. I was just listening and then interesting things came up. And then I instinctively, because of my natural curiosity and enthusiasm, would ask questions again and then something would click. And all of a sudden I'd forgotten that I was this person trying to be nice and polite or funny or interesting or I just was. Yeah, and do you know what else was probably happening? I'm kind of thinking, and this is a big assumption, but I'm thinking that because the people that you were talking to were so engaged with you, you almost forgot that you needed to be something else because it was working, because you were suddenly making that connection. No, you're right, you're right, and then you're there, and that's it. And and, and this is what I sort of try and pass this on to people, because I really, I feel their angst about going to things like networking events and stuff. I really, really get it, because I've been there, stood there feeling like a complete alien in my own body you know and then and it did take a while for me to for me to figure out that this was this was okay and um yeah and I and I a lot of people say acting is often you know shyish people do it because it's a way of standing up and existing sort of behind a character and there is something to that but actually I just think I really enjoyed you know, words and performance and character. I, I think I always really enjoyed it. And, but, but I didn't, beca- I became a better actor when I found this less self-conscious version of me. You know, I could never leave the house when I was younger. Or, well, actually, up until, up until, you know, my 30s and 40s without looking in the mirror about 20 times. And that wasn't vanity. It was just like, oh God, do I look all right? Do I look all right? Yeah. Um, I never look in the mirror now, Jules. I go the whole day without looking. Look at me tonight. Anyone who's yeah. if you're only listening, you've done well tonight because I really haven't done my hair or anything. I just, I know, I'm, I mean, you land, Trisha. I mean, you land. <laughs> But isn't it lovely to feel just comfortable about who you are and what you stand for and what you believe? And I think there's a huge calmness about me in my older age because I've just learned to appreciate that this is who I am now. You know, if people don't like that, it's okay. It just means that we're not going to connect in a way that someone else will connect with me but it's okay. It's a bit like sales. You're not going to sell to everyone and that's okay. (laughs) And actually, I just, um, in fact, um, I've got it here on my phone. I was just um, listening to an episode of The Crown, 
Oh, Netflix. I'm watching it myself. <laughs> well, my, we're so connected, you and I. I'm watching the new one, are you? Is that yes. what you're watching? Oh my yes. goodness. Uh, without giving anything away, I just literally quoted um, Harold Wilson was talking to the Queen. The Queen. Uh, yeah, and they were sort of having quite a deep conversation because it was, it was, the whole episode was kind of based around Aberfan, the awful, horrendous Terrible. disaster of Aberfan. And so it had, you know, and she was concerned that she was unable to express emotion. It was, it was really interesting. Anyway, Wilson, Harold Wilson, the Prime Minister for those younger viewers uh, in the 60s, um, <laughs> said to the Queen, we can't be everything to everyone and still be true to ourselves. Uh, wasn't it a wonderful scene? And how, you know, it, this gets more uncanny to me that you and I are even watching the same programs at the same time. <laughs> I literally watched that episode last night. Um, I did, I promise you, and it was very emotional to watch. If anyone doesn't watch The Crown, I really recommend you catch mm. up with it because it's very interesting. Mm. Whether it's really written real to life, who knows, but I think it's fairly on the button, don't you, Tricia? And, it's, and there's a lot of human stuff in it. And I think, yeah. yes, because I originally thought, oh, no, that's not, not my thing. I'm not a sort of crazy royal um, thing. Um, I can't, I'm choosing my words carefully, but yeah. I don't sort of go out buying, you know, tea mugs and everything <laughs> the Queen on. Let's just put it like that. And so I thought, no, that'd probably be a bit twee, but I was hooked at the first yeah. really quick because it it's because it's humans. Yes. That's yes. the thing. It yeah. is humans. And I think this particular episode for me, I connected in exactly the way that you did. I'm absolutely positive. Um, you know, it, it was so human. It was so about emotions. You know, the fact that if somebody doesn't cry and show emotion, is that okay or not? You know, and, and it was just fascinating. I think the whole human conversation will be something we could probably talk about for years and years and years yeah. because it is so complex and layered. But, well, I'll um, I'll, yeah, absolutely. I'll, 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 I'll tell you something quite interesting because we were talking about the acting thing, but there's also a couple of other things that I have done and still do do that are so so about human connection um and 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 a very rich part of of my experience and one of them is during all the other stuff I was doing the acting and as a mature student doing my degree yes I did want to I bring was, that up <laughs> and that just bring that up yeah. um at university when I was in my sort of um uh, 40s and that was that was fun but no I um was also right life is about random connections sometimes as we know Jules yes. and so one thing just sort of knocked onto another and before I knew what had happened as a result of the acting thing I'd ended up having a relationship with Hampshire County Council freelance but um, on their kind of touring network, uh, this was the acting thing, but then they commissioned me to write a piece for their care homes that um, because th th they started this new program, this funded program called Active Hearts, and they wanted really good quality activities and entertainment in the care homes. 
And Hampshire's a huge county, so it's a heck of a lot of care homes. Anyway, I did a piece on the 1950s, and it was a mixture of music and props and costume and, and daily memories and all sorts of storytelling. Just me, um, uh, changing hats and costumes quite a few. Anyway, I went and did it, and I, I, that was the start of a journey that sort of it, it morphed. There was partly the kind of entertainment stuff in all their care homes, but also I then did what I call pure reminiscence and I trained as a reminiscence facilitator. And this was just taking boxes of bits and bobs and music and all the rest of it and getting stories out of people um, primarily with dementia, with a form of dementia, um, triggering off memories and stories. So I was found myself with no plan of ever thinking I was going to do this. I found myself walking into dementia care homes um, with people that I didn't know um, and triggering off laughter stories and all sorts of wonderful random things and um, it was the most precious experience because because I very quickly realized that whatever you took into that space had to be authentic because it felt to me that those people with various bits of their neural pathways acting differently and various filters gone and various other things, what they still had was this sense of whether they could trust you yeah. somehow. Yeah. And it was, it was really, it was such a big learning curve. I also got obsessed about the brain. I've got a thousand books now on my shelves about the brain because I just thought, gee, what an incredible thing. Um, but yeah, I, that and also I still do some work as a celebrant, which means that I'm delivering funerals, believe it or not, Jules. And yeah, I have to walk into, again, a house, people I don't know, they're in a raw state of grief and I'm asking them to share stories about their loved ones so that I can then write the words. And so the common link between all these things is knowing that you have, you cannot walk into these spaces trying to be something else, trying to put on an act, put, put you know, with any defenses up or masks on, um, but equally, you've got to be sensitive to each and every situation and you, you know, you bring people out carefully and, and that, doing that over and over and over again over many years is another, is another thing that it's like a muscle that I've kind of built and it's, uh, it, it's such an amazing thing. Well, I mean, all of that's amazing, isn't it? When you, when you listen to everything you just said there, isn't that just wonderful that you were able to go and give that joy back to those mm. people who are almost, they're just lost, aren't they? You know, it, it feels like they've, they've gone, especially I should, I should think to relatives, it feels like they've just mm. gone. Mm. And yet yeah. you're able to trigger something where this, you know, like you say, the neural paths that are all broken, yeah. there's one yeah. still there. But it's also built on this trust because they feel it's safe. And, and isn't this back to, surely this is back, I know we're going to talk about brains here and I'm no expert on brains, but this limbic part of the brain, which is, I believe, this oldest caveman part of your brain, mm. you know, that understands the whole gut stuff as opposed mm. to language and logic. Isn't it that then that's perhaps at work here, Tricia? Yeah. 
I think when, when, because it's really interesting, somebody once just looked at me, somebody with dementia just looked at me and smiled and just said, oh, you're all right. Oh. Just those words came yeah. out. I thought, oh, that's, that's really special because mm. all that's happening here is this person is picking up on a vibe, basically, yeah. some, some yeah. kind of a vibe. So, so I think we should all kind of be aware of that. You know, when you walk into a space, you know, I always say to, to clients who are nervous about networking, I, I say, you know, go to the loo beforehand and do a silly dance and breathe <laughs> and, and, and put a smile from right inside your stomach all the way out through your eyes and just, you know, bring, take that energy into the room. I say, because you walk in, it's instant people yeah. pick up that you don't want to be there or whatever. And yeah, you can, yeah, but, but, but that's not, and then people might think, well, that's acting, isn't it? That's just putting on a front. No, 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 no. Because just like good actors, you've got, you've got to really, you've got to really feel it. You've got to really allow yourself to believe and be in that space. So I've, I've, I remember going, and we all do this. We have bad days, don't we? And you, you wake up and you feel, Ugh. Yeah. maybe not even for a particular reason. It's just one of those days. And you've got to go and do something slightly high energy, like present or a networking thing or a meeting. And we, you know, every bone in your body wants to run in the opposite direction. And, but you, you can actually just trick yourself back into a good place. And so I've walked into places feeling like that, but I've done the whole smile thing. in And of course, very quickly, once you're in there, communicating with other humans and everything starts to get more relaxed it's very therapeutic you come out feeling far better than you did when you went in job done yeah you do it's very true isn't it Tricia oh my goodness you know when we did the podcast together when it was your podcast and <laughs> it was your your podcast and it was it was one of those things and I remember you saying to me oh my goodness this is so rich this content and I could talk to you for hours and I feel exactly the same but as you know with podcasts we have to keep them to a certain length don't we otherwise I think I could be here all night with you but I want to just recap on some stuff because yeah. I, I could speak to you for for even longer than this I want to but I want our audience and our well, listeners yeah, really. yeah and I think we'll just have to do another one because I also want to do one around things like energy because I think yeah. that's a really interesting yeah. subject which branches off from really this but yeah. I think to recap for the audience the reason why I wanted to share this human conversation with all of you was because when I met Trisha what happened to me was exactly what she described, really. I just felt this instant connection. I felt this lovely energy, you know, and I'm not trying to sort of make her feel embarrassed in any way. I genuinely felt the most authentic connection with her. And I think that doesn't happen all the time. So, so let's not expect that it will. But the more that you drop the guard, get rid of the layers, start to be truly you and who you are, the more people I think you will actually connect with. Can you imagine, Tricia, if we were all like this, mm. all able to do this, and, and how much we would connect across the world? Can you imagine? It would be quite mind-blowing, wouldn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I think people are quite... Yeah, yeah I, I was thinking... I won't go on, but 
Well, I, there was somebody that owns one of the flats. I, I live in a place and there's, there's, very, there's about five flats. It's a sort of big old building. And when I met one of the other flat owners who doesn't live here but rents the flat out, there was a sort of flat meeting, okay, like a committee meeting. So it was the first time I'd met this person. And I just felt that her God was really up with me. And I kind of realised that's because she didn't really know me at all. And I, I can be quite sort of extroverty, um, especially if I'm a little bit um, shy. I sometimes turn my energy up higher than I need to. Yeah. So, and she's a quieter person. I thought she probably thought, oh, blimey, you know. But then we touched on this one little thing about our parents, something to do with our personal life. And I said something, and I can absolutely vividly recall the look on her face and in her eyes and the complete change of body and language and it's been the same ever since mm. when she suddenly saw something incredibly human and vulnerable and difficult and challenging and all of those things and all of that thinking oh Trisha's a bit full of herself whatever it was that she might have been thinking um just went and, and I, the, the, I, I recall it because I saw that I literally saw the look yeah. it was a slight shock and like you're saying I think everyone would be slightly shocked at first they everyone going around sort of going what's going on just this kind of like this kind of frisson of everybody suddenly dropping their guard and yeah yeah what, what a great world well, yeah. wouldn't it be amazing so um just to finish off i want you to tell everybody um why they should connect with you how you can help them um and the best way to get in touch with you trisha yeah, and I have to say, Jules, um, as a salesperson, I'm absolutely rubbish. <laughs> See, no, I would have you're just, not. I, <laughs> I would have had this conversation, absolutely no mention of any, you know. But yeah, basically, TrishaLewis.com. Um, and I spell the Trisha in this rather ridiculously trendy way, um, which I made up years ago with S-H-A. So phonetically, in other words, Trisha, TrishaLewis.com um, will take you to my website and there are all the links then to the podcast make it real um and uh, yeah or, you know facebook twitter Link linkedin is my biggest uh, one so i'd like to i do like connecting with people on linkedin and then you'll get to know a bit more about me but really people come to me for any kind of sense that they are not quite making the impact that they really want to that something is blocking that there's this they're usually incredibly capable intelligent people i have to add who've yeah. just got this little dip somewhere where they feel that they need to work on it whether it's confidence with a certain group of people or one-to-one -one, whether it's presentation public speaking whether it's networking whether they can't blinking will bring themselves to do a video on their website whatever it is but we we just work on all those barriers really and we yeah. knock them down one by one amazing 
great fun oh well. my goodness i can imagine it would be so much fun working with you and also on the website you've got a wonderful collection of videos of yourself doing your videos and you are yeah. super at video really super they're very succinct they're short they're snappy they're very real and i think if anyone wants to go to the website just to even see mm. your, your videos it's going to show you off in a, a beautiful sense that you are and um, yes. so it's been an absolute pleasure. I knew it would be. I need to do this again because there's so much more I wanted to say and so much more I wanted to talk about with you because you're just such a fascinating lady. But just to give the audience a real snippet before we do go, um, Trisha and I are currently in discussion about doing the most fantastic event next year in the year 2020 because it's going to be a very special year. Um, and we're talking at the moment about this event and it is like nothing you have ever seen before it's going to be really wonderful i'm very excited about just the few things we've already discussed yeah. we think it will be september time but we will definitely keep you posted but look get excited because this is something all of you listeners you will have to be at absolutely no no arguments brilliant how exciting <laughs> thank you trisha I absolutely adore you and I can't wait to come to Bournemouth to actually meet you face to face. And to the listeners, uh, I know this might be a slightly longer episode than normal, but it's so worth it. It was a fantastic human conversation with the fabulous Trisha. So don't forget, if you like us, then you can like and subscribe and comment and anything else that you want to do because we don't mind and we're on apple podcasts we're on spotify and we're on soundcloud so please come and listen to us again thank you so much for joining us and ta-da for now you've just been listening to the human conversation podcast with jules white to find out more about the other work that Jules does, please visit her website, www.liveitloveitsellit.co.uk. And if you enjoyed the podcast, then please do leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy her show. Thanks for listening and see you next time.